1: From little porcelain cherubs to amazing paintings of warrior-class angels, we're fascinated with them, aren't we? Problem is, we should be fascinated with the one who created them, as we'll see next. Here in Hebrews, we are told that Jesus is better than just about everything you can find in the Old Testament. And the author goes to amazing lengths to show us. He starts off in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 4 through 14, with a look at how Jesus is better than angels. I know, we have so many of those little things rolling around the house, be them in paintings or porcelain. So what are we to do? Well, give a listen. Enjoy today's broadcast of Truth For Today, won't you? Here's Pastor Phil.
0: Aslan Can Roar. He's a roaring lion of the tribe of Judah. He's strong. He's mighty. He's not a whippy Jesus. He's not frustrated. Nothing's out of control. He is sovereign. He is Lord. He is going to dominate the nations. We will win. Not the Muslim world. Not the communist world. He will win. They may kill us in the meantime, but he shall reign ere where the sun runs. He is a sovereign God. We're not trying to give away a poor, whippy Jesus. Amen. This is the Jesus that when the maniac of Gadara and the man of Legion, when everybody has tried their secret formula to get the demon cast out and they flee, they're beat up, the chains are broken. All of a sudden, this meek and lowly Jesus comes up, and this man is inhabited by two to six thousand different spirit beings. That's why he's called Legion. When Jesus comes, please leave. Please leave. But when he showed up, demons started screaming from afar off Go, Jesus! Go! Well, I'm just a teacher, I'm an anemic God that I hope you like. Oh, no, 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 no. You demons, I created you. You rebelled. You're dealing with God. You remember when Satan came to tempt uh, Jesus? He said in the Greek, since you are God, turn these stones to bread. When's the last time you were tempted that way? You're just trying to make a peanut butter sandwich. You can't turn any stones to bread. But when you're God, you can. It's not a temptation if you can't do it. Jump off that pinnacle. God's going to have angels, Psalm 69, to sweep under you. Jesus could have said, I don't need angels either. I'll fly if I want. But I'm here to do the will of God. I'm not here as an exhibitionist at a circus. I'm here to walk in the will of God. It's not the will of God to jump off a temple pinnacle. He said one final thing. He said, why don't you worship me? I want your worship. I deserve your worship. Let's eliminate the cross. Let's eliminate Golgotha. Let's eliminate Gethsemane. Let's eliminate these five wounds you're bound to get. I tell you, I'll give you the kingdoms of this world if you just will worship me. Get behind me, Satan. I came to do the will of God. And he gave that power to his people. He said, if you'll submit to me and resist the devil, he'll flee from you. James 4 7 is that wonderful the devil that used to torture you warn you about death keep you walking scared now the weakest child of God could say in Jesus name Satan get behind me and the devil says if God hadn't given them James 4 7 I'd laugh at him say who do you think you are telling me what to do I said I I just Jesus, my, my, my commander and captain, said, you've got you to obey. Right Right there, say, just read him. When you pray, just read him the verse. Sometimes he doesn't get it. Do you? Amen. Submit to God. Now, a lot of you right there, you stop stopped because you know you, when you're in rebellion, don't ask for help. They're going to help you rebels. You've got to repent. But when you get right, things just say, Satan, you've been torturing me creating fear and havoc, I resist you in the name above every name. And he will flee. Well, oh God, he is called God, and he said he's going to be one who reigns, and God has anointed him. When you use that term, anointed, they used it when they set aside a priest, a prophet, a king, They would put the flask of oil on them, and it simply meant inducted into the office, set aside, authenticated as God's choice, God's choice. And he said, above all of his companions, I've set you aside, Jesus, the anointed. That's what Messiah, when you say Jesus Christ, our Lord, let me tell you, Jesus is the word Joshua, God. With us. That's Emmanuel. Joshua is Jehovah saves. Jesus, his human name, is the HaMashiach. He's the Messiah, the anointed one who is Lord. So when we say Jesus Christ, our Lord, human name, divine office, Christ, the office of Messiah, and he's not only Messiah. He's deity. He's Lord. That's who He is. Now, He goes on to say, You, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. Uh, Jesus is the eternal Creator, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They all wear out like a garment, like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. If you do not believe he's the eternal creator, I doubt you would ever want to believe he's the redeemer. You see, the Hebrews were surrounded in Canaan by polytheistic religions. And they all had a different explanation for creation. Flood. There's many flood tales in many cultures. They have them on the walls of the caves. and So the flood was known worldwide. Different explanations for it. But to the Hebrew. To the monotheist. To the divinely chosen nation. They always started with our God as the creator God. He is eternal. He's going to outlast creation. Creation is his handiwork. It's subject to him. And here we are today. We, uh, because we as Christians, live among so many pagan theories and they're taught best in our schools. And I'm afraid they're taught by film. Uh, Hearing about this latest film. I finally saw Noah. I'm up to date. Still sick of it, depressed. It's just great cinematography wasted in the message. This is not my God. And now I hear this exodus and I hear there's, there's all kinds of things. See, what's scary to me is young people are getting their impression and information by video, by film. If, if, it's, if it's a film, it must be almost true. Because when I don't read anyway, this is the media. Do it this way. Either give me a film or text me, and that might be true. And so, what's true? This is the way Hollywood portrayed Noah, Exodus, whatever. And and then here we are in the classroom. This is constant debate. They didn't have this. There were no evolutionists back here. Not among the Hebrews. And so here we are today saying creation came from space, time, chance, and the big impersonal nobody. It either blew up, uh, it crawled out of something, something back there, something back, But there can't be anybody intelligent. It can't be a real person. Just, that just doesn't make sense. You know, that's how all computers were made. Just keep going back far enough and, and there's IBM. There it is. Oh, I know the secret. Rent a garage. And get Steve Jobs in there and get Gates. And then you've got all creation. Or we're over here with this confounded, out-of-date, out-of-step, hated atheistic view with an alternative that says, and you go all the way back. Oh, you're at a million years. Oh, you want the next million? Okay. Squillion. Okay. When you get back there, we understand from the Bible there's a person. And when we find out who this person is, and what he can do, we say he can do anything in any amount of time he wants. He doesn't need billions, millions of years that the atheistic evolutionary model demands. You've got to have lots of time. Because you see, evolutionary, they grow up with a theory called uniformitarianism. Kind of nice word, isn't it? Uniformitarianism. And they do this. They will observe erosion. Let's say uh, Grand Canyon. They'll see how deep the canyon is, and they will observe now how much it drops, how much the water cont- you know, flow, the level keeps dropping. They'll calculate that at whatever rate. Then they read it all the way back. This is the uniform model. Then you take it back, and it's uniform. Everything has happened like that. Because they don't believe in supernaturalism. They don't believe God can break in. There can't be an exodus. There can't be a flood. The only thing they may believe is supernatural is angels. But there cannot be a loose supernatural God. Creator. And here it says, God the Son is the eternal creator God that someday will take creation and take it like an old dirty shirt and throw it in the trash can. I'm done with it. Now, I don't think you ought to throw banana peelings on the highway. I'm an ecologist in that sense. But I don't know how much money we ought to waste trying to keep ice up in Alaska. How much money will it take? Uh, And and I think we ought to uh, not waste water. Uh, we we, We ought to be good stewards of God's creation. That makes sense. We don't want to waste what God's given us. I mean, that's that's not right. Adam and Eve were told to take care of the earth. We ought to take care of the earth. But I'm not going to hug a tree. Uh, you know, some folks won't hug a tree, but they'll snort a weed. Isn't it amazing? Let me tell you something about drugs that's amazing to me. In the order of creation... Plant life is way down here, isn't it? You got plants, then you go to animal life, maybe reptiles. It's down here in the chain. So we come up here, we got mankind. And in man's rebellion against God, and the further he gets away from God, the folly of our sin and our bondage is we've gone all the way back here so that we're worshiping the plant world. We've got to have the plant world to make it. I've got to get a fix. <laughs> I, uh, I've talked to a man and said, I've snorted away a fortune up my nose. I know a man, his nose still bleeds many times because he snorted so much coke. The plant world. You mean the plant world tells you what to do? I've got to have some booze. I can't make it. Why? Why do you need booze? I'm a wreck. I, I can't make it. I need a shot. I needed this. Uh, where, where did you develop that? Going away from God. Going away. From, and God said, I'll turn you over to the basis thing. You'll be amazed at what I'll let you worship when it's all over. I'll never stop worshiping, but it won't be me. But he says of the Son, he is the eternal God that someday will wrap up creation like that. He'll ignite the flame, according to Second Peter Burn up this entire earth, everything in it. It will all pass away. And the only thing from the earth that will last is people. Carolyn asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I said, I don't want another shirt. I don't want another sweater. You know what I want? I want God, my wife, my children, my brothers, my sister. I want relationships I want people that I'm going to spend eternity with. And since Elizabeth has brought her three children, if any of you have a place I could stay for a few nights, I'd appreciate it. So she's out now, I can say that. So, Going right on, our final point. And to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation he's saying the picture here is the picture of a monarch's court and Christ is sitting at the right hand of the king which usually meant equality it's the highest position shared authority he's on this enthronement place, and in the courtroom are these spirit beings going around waiting on deity, waiting on God. And it's an interesting thing. He says he makes his enemy his footstool. In uh, Bible culture, when you conquer a people, you always put your foot on the neck of the king to show subjugation. You are conquered. And here Christ, God the Father, says, I'm going to make all your enemies into a footstool. You just rest your feet on them. They're going to eliminate. They're going to be put under your feet. And then he says, he is the enthroned deity. Angels simply work for him to minister and serve his people. And he says something here remarkable. It says, they're sent out to serve for the sake of those. And in the Greek it goes, who are about to inherit salvation. It's a Greek, about. Now, I take that two ways. I used to always take it, uh, they're about to be saved initially. And it's probably broader than that. Salvation, how many are you, how many are completely saved here? No, you're not. You don't have a glorified body yet. You got something else coming. I love it. Good, good. You're two-thirds saved. You're saved from the past. You're being saved. But guess what, honey? You're not going to be spending eternity in that wreck of a body of yours you got the third installment coming, and he's sending angels to wait on you in the meantime. Amen. And I take it all the way back. His elect, you know, God does know who he's going to save, right? I think they even ministered to us before we ever got saved. How many nights were there in your life you should have never made it home? I think of my brother and I being in Long Beach. I always think about I nearly drowned there with him and my cousins. Basically drowning, they wouldn't help me. Uh, They couldn't hear my screams. I was freezing in the air. I was yelling for help. They couldn't hear me. And I said, God, I'll serve you if you'll spare my life. And I did for three days. How many ever had any of those experiences? I had some idiot one time said, let's go play chicken on Damn Road when they first put in the damn road. There's a good strip there. So let's, and I'm the passenger. I can't even drive. But I'm an idiot. Yeah, let's go. Let's go see if we kill ourselves. Uh, man, I'm glad we got home. I remember one time I we was living in San Pablo. Uh, a guy came to the door and I stepped out to see him. And he had a gun in my side. And said, let's go do some stealing. Well, wow. I wasn't expecting that. I mean, uh, I was scared to death of the guy without a gun. He was tough. Way over my head. But then when he put a gun into me, I'm going to go basically wherever he wants. (laughs) But you know, of all things, my dad, right, he read his Bible over at the uh, table. After the dishes were done, he'd do his night study there and read the Word. And out of nowhere, I'm there, I'm stuck with this hood that is bad trouble. I want you to go with me, and just to help you get in the mood, I'm going to put a gun into you. And, and uh, I said, wow, you know, I'm, what, uh, yeah, okay. But all of a sudden, my father just, uh, for some reason, he opened the door, and, and he said, uh, hello, young man. And the guy put away the gun, whatever, didn't see it. And uh, uh, dad, uh, let's say Gary, Gary and I, he wants, we want to go out and do this. He looked at this guy said, you ain't going anywhere with this hood. Wow. Now, that was a day when the dad was in charge even of the hoods, I went to kiss him. (laughs) He just saved my life, as far as I was concerned. Angels were watching over you before you ever got saved, or you would have already died. They've been watching over you, watching over you. A wonderful family story we love to tell. Them. My dad was an iron worker and up on a project. I don't know how many volts of electricity going. It's supposed to have been cut off. Everybody's watching the job. And uh, Mr. Biggie, everybody's guarantee, all these guarantees. And my father's up there, I don't know how many feet. He was in the air, uh, throws this uh, steel cable over. Uh, hits these live lines, the, the sparks flies, burns the choker in two, and everybody on the ground's waiting for my father to fall. Enough electricity went through to roast him and to kill him, and they put up all these guarantees, Oh, it's locked. It's turned off. It's this and that. When all the sparks cleared, and the man should be staggering, my dad just raised his hand, and did this. All day, all night, angels watching over me, my Lord. I said all day, all night, angels watching over me. They didn't do a funeral for LJ that day. God had an angel on the job. Angels are out there. You don't know how much God is telling them to do for you. Aren't you Mr. Magoo getting through life? You don't know what you're doing. (laughs) Boom, bump, bump, and, and then all of a sudden you get there and say, Oh, he's a genius. No, he's not. He's got God taking care of him with all these ministering spirits. We are being cared for by the sovereign on the throne. And he's dispatching angels to watch over his people. They're not completely saved yet, but it's coming, honey. It's coming. And he's watching over us in the meantime. That's what he says. Well, it's too good and I'm too late. You know what? There's no big application to this until you get to next week, chapter 2. He says, How will you ever be able to escape a God like Jesus? If this is who God sent, how do you think you could ever escape unless you flee to him? I pray you'll adore the Christ of Christmas. He is not in the manger. He stooped low enough to get in a manger. But he's sovereign. He's been raised. He's enthroned. He's coming. He's powerful. He's your Savior. He's your Lord. Father, I thank you for your word, for the magnificent picture of Jesus. May we not get caught up with anything connected with church that diminishes him. He is Lord. He is head of the church with all of its faults, weaknesses, and whatever. He is Lord. We find no fault in him. If anyone's here without a Savior, without a Savior... All they've got is the vanities spelled out in Christmas, the stuff, the tree, the Santa, some reindeer running around here with a red nose. Get us back to this is who God sent to Bethlehem, God the Son, greater than angels.
1: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you, to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone, and then email that audio to tftquestions at Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time today, while Pastor Phil is the pastor emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, we are still very much a part of this body. And if you are looking for a church, we would invite you to join us. Now, we know that this current crisis has us all sequestered away. So you can join us at valleybible.org, where we stream our services. Again, valleybible.org. And then, as we find ourselves released from this quarantine, we will be meeting together here in Hercules. And for information, directions, and details, again, visit valleybible.org. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard.